This is Comics Coast to Coast. Everybody, this is Brian Dunaway, and you're listening to Comics Coast to Coast, episode 332, the Derek Lofman Part 3 interview. Before we talk to Derek, let's invite Joel Duggan of Starcrossed Online and Forge Publishing. Joel! That's me. How are you doing tonight, sir? Ooh, I am fantastic. I am excited about having our return guest. He's uh, always a good and a fun times. I want to thank you for all these great political cartoons you've either been sending to me by via the postal mail, which we got and we talked about last time, but then you sent me some more through the Facebook Messenger, and uh, we talked about it pre-show, and uh, it was, I'm enjoying, the, are you going through like some kind of political uh, art crisis thing or something or just just kind of hitting, uh, hitting you in the right spot so here's 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 the thing i i've called down my facebook i've done a lot of blocking and a lot of <laughs> muting for 30 days because of all the political nonsense that happens on facebook and as a result what i'm getting is a lot of art a lot of cartoonists hmm. uh and stuff like that kind of cropping to the top of the feed which is good that's kind of what i want yeah uh, but what it also means is that I'm, I, I still do get some politics, but I get it in the form of political cartoons and mm. I have refused to comment on social media about politics. It's just, it's too divisive for me and right. I just don't, it's too negative. I don't want to get into it. However, yeah. I will not shy away from sharing a political cartoon that is just spot on. <laughs> so, I agree. uh, yeah, Theo Madakis, uh, I shared this last night on Citadel Cafe, but, uh, he did a, a, a cartoon from, uh, for the Toronto star, I believe. And it's, it's a great, great response, uh, to Trump's comments about Justin Trudeau, uh, the <laughs> Canadian <laughs> prime minister. And I just, everybody just go look it up. Just, I'm not going to just go yeah. look at the eye candy and enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and also, I mean, I sent Brian that book by Bruce McKinnon uh, mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago, and um, look Bruce's work up too, because if you want somebody that's got some spot-on cartoons about Trump as well, McKinnon right. is is also knocking it out of the park. Look, politics are hard to take uh, in yep. its in its current form. It is always best to have it filtered through the eyes of comedy. If you ask mm -hmm. me, for your sanity. Maybe not for the most accurate portrayal, but certainly your sanity. Thanks for that, Joel. <laughs> also with us is Matthew Deshar. Matt! You're there. I missed you. We, you were here last week, but we we were so talky, I'm not getting to hear you say the words, <laughs> and that made me a little sad. You only came in at the very last second. So I know Derek is a great conversationalist, but I'm expecting... Nothing from you, really. It is not. I, <laughs> I, I might huge cough a few times. I'll, yes. I'll chuckle here. There and you there. go. Please you chuckle. Know, we, if my I, usual. Without the chuckles, <laughs> what's the point? Uh, okay, we could so, all just start ending sentences with like Matt? Question mark. Matt. Just like mm -hmm. no matter what we say, just Matt. Mm -hmm. just invite I got Matt. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's enough. That's enough talking to the guys. Let's get over here and talk to a practically a third. Uh, no fourth. He's like a fourth. He's like a fourth Ryan guest does, guy, yeah. right? Right. Derek Lofman is back with us. Derek, how are you? I'm good. I'm excited to be back. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You know why we're back so often? I mean, we just had him on like episode. Well, I think last was like 2.99. So that was. Uh, yep, a year ago. Yeah, about a year ago. A little bit, a uh, little bit over a year because it was uh, like it was May the fourth. Oh, look, I, you're right. So we've had over Star Wars. Yeah, over yep. Star Wars. So it looks like every year, about May, or we've, we've creeped into June this time, that's when we get our Derek love. So uh, I'll take it when <laughs> I can get it. See you guys next year. Right, see you next yeah. year, absolutely. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with Derek's uh, artwork, it should be. Uh, it's DerekLoffman.com if you want to go check out the website. Derek is D-E-R-E-K-L-A-U-F-M-A-N.com. No, yeah, -E Spell it. Go enjoy it. It's fantastic. Follow Derek on Twitter. Uh, I believe your Twitter handle is just Loffman, right? Yes. Excellent. You have a you have a fairly decent sized Twitter followers, uh, around eleven k. That's not. Yeah, that's, that's not pretty bad. good. That's pretty good. I enjoyed it. I also enjoy following you and, and seeing all the things you're doing. Uh, and we're going to talk about some of those things here just in a minute or two. Derek, it has been a year. We've picked up a few new listeners since then. Would you mind? Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do. Sure. Um, so I am primarily a freelance artist. Um, I design toys uh, for Hasbro, Mattel. Um, let's see. I do uh, 
I do design work for Marvel. I designed their superhero adventures line, their new toddler line. Um, that started about two years ago, I guess. I'm about in my second year doing that. Um, and that stuff's starting to pop up on toys and like yes. Lego boxes and different things like that. And Target has kids clothes that I'm buying for my children because uh, that's cool. For right, some but, reason but, not at, <laughs> but, not, but not at Toys R Us. Everybody, no. bow, everybody bow their head for just a minute. A moment of silence for Toys R Us. So, Derek, I think last time you were here, uh, there was, uh, I'm trying to remember, there was some there was some secretive things you couldn't tell us about, and I'm wondering if they've come out yet. I was trying to remember what uh, we were talking about. You know what? It might have been Mighty Mugs. I so think it might have been. Yeah, the new Mighty Mugs line. I was heavily involved in the uh, design of that line, so that right. has come out now. So that's pretty cool. Yes! Um, yeah, so I even have my artwork on the faces. So if you see their facial expressions, that's my actual <laughs> artwork on there. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I think that was the secretive thing I couldn't talk I, about. I time. think it was. So we'll try to squeeze the new secret thing that you can't talk about out of you tonight. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. So yeah, I, I, I gotta get, what's, what's my, what's my go-to mighty mug if I'm going to get one? Is it the Spider-Man? Is it the, uh, I like the Deadpool one. The Deadpool is hard to. It is pretty cool. I'm looking at the Deadpool now. That is pretty cool. And I'm kind of stoked because I haven't went to see... It's at the theater right now. Deadpool 2 is out. Mm. I have not went to see it yet. Any of you guys? You seen yeah, it? I have. Awesome. Seen it? Seen it? Nope. Matt? Nope. Me either. I watched it. I liked it. It's awesome. Oh, I can't wait to go see it. I want to go see it. I was actually watching the first one last night, and I forgot how language uh, that movie is, but I love it still. <laughs> love it still. All right, so... uh there is some new things going on. You've got some new projects. Well, they're being hit. So uh, tell us a little bit about Joel. Do you want to ask this question? I think you, I think you uh, articulates it pretty good. Well, I think the 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 elephant in the room is is that uh, Derek's uh, web comic uh, Ruin World from when did you start that, Derek? Two years ago. Um. Yeah, I think it was uh, 2016. Right. Uh, so that's that's been picked up by Boom Studios this is now and is now being published as like an official comic book. Yeah. Not that it wasn't official before because it was self-published, <laughs> but like you, it's you know it's it's a distributed comic. I guess is the best way to to talk about it. Uh, so with the, to kick us off, I was wondering, did Boom approach you about publishing Ruin World, or did you have to shop the comic around to different publishers? So I, um, funny enough, when I was working on it, um, I wasn't, when I started the comic, I wasn't really thinking that far ahead. I just kind of wanted to create a comic, see if I could do it. I hadn't done one on my own before. I hadn't written one before. So that was sort of how that started. And then I was about halfway through the first issue and, um, there was an editor from Skybound who followed me on Twitter, a mm. uh, really nice guy. And, um, so I'm like, he just happened to follow me and I'm like, Hey, what if I just show him what I'm doing kind of thing? Um, so I reached out to him and he liked what I was doing, but kind of said it wasn't like, I was going for the all ages kind of thing. And yeah. he said that didn't really fit with what they were doing, but he gave me praise for what I was doing, kind of gave me confidence to keep going. So that was good. Um, and then I ended up finishing the first issue and at this point, um, so if I backtrack, like in 2016, I reached out to an editor at boom, um, just to do cover work. Cause it was at the time I was just kind of getting into my freelance career and, um, looking to do some covers for comics and, uh, he didn't have anything for me at the time, but sort of gave me some nice compliments, which is always great. And then. It was like a, literally like a year later, I think almost maybe a little more. And um, I reached out to him again and I said, hey, I'm, you know, working on this comic. I'm looking for a publisher. Can you point me in the right direction? And he said, oh, that looks really cool. Like, uh, uh, tell me more about it and all that. And then, um, yeah, it was pretty much like that was kind of got the ball rolling. And um, my editor now, Whitney Leppard, um, she uh, sort of uh, took on the uh, – project i guess is like her sort of uh, pitch project to internally because i guess that's kind of how they do it i'm not exactly sure but that's how she explained it to me so <laughs> they were having like a pitch meeting coming up this was like i think i talked to her like in may and i think they were going to be pitching in september or something like that and uh so i had to wait a little while and then she pitched it and it got accepted and it was pretty much uh go from there so and now yeah. and now i'm following whitney on twitter yes <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> Love it. That's how social media works, Brian. Is that how that works? <laughs> no, Whit, Whit Leopard. Go Whit Leopard. Okay, I'm going to go do the same thing. <laughs> do it, right? Yeah. 
so when I was reading up a little bit about the, uh, I guess, the press release that you had published, you'd mentioned that it was part of Boom Studios' Kaboom imprint. Uh, mm. So I'm familiar with Boom Studios, but I didn't know anything about Kaboom imprint. So is there a difference or is it is it something different than their main publishing? It is. It's um, from my understanding. It's um, basically for their all ages line. So um, it kind of encompasses Adventure uh, Time, oh. the Steven Universe, and yeah. So it's sort of just. I think it's just a you know another uh, facet of what they do, um, and I guess they just separate it because of the all ages thing. So anybody so, yeah. want to put money on on a Thundercats coming? <laughs> Ooh, right. <laughs> the the new style. Uh, yeah. Maybe Matt, I don't know. You Matt, use the phrase all ages a lot mm-hmm. but for some of us who might not speak industry speech like myself <laughs> uh what does that mean like okay it's for kids or, or like yeah i think it's it's sort of like a bit of a gray area i mean it's not i mean there's not going to be any curse words in there mm. um it's not going to be overly violent it'll be like cartoon violence um and but it's not i don't think it's like preschool Type level or anything like that um but i'm sure like i'd say like you're you're safe with like your eight-year-old probably reading it like i would give it to my six-year-old i read it to him um so <laughs> but the lopin household is a little progressive so you know just yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> but but yeah i guess that's kind of the all ages vibe it's just not overly violent and you know no curse words and right know, sort of a little tamer i guess yeah. Does it affect the writing in terms of like the the vocabulary that you can use? Um. Yeah, a little bit. Um. Hmm. There were certain words like hell and, uh, uh, hmm. you know, I think even heck got edited out. Uh, what? <laughs> one huh. of, yeah. Like I don't know. I mean, I guess there's there's you know maybe you guys being from the states like religion right. maybe being more of a touchy thing uh, in certain Absolutely. areas. They don't want to. Oh yeah. They but don't want to yeah. alienate anybody. Even so. we can say heck. I yeah. mean, hey. I don't know. I mean, gosh darn it! Right? Yeah. Would <laughs> would you have would you have to simplify any words like as opposed to like words that are like off limits in terms of like um, religion or or mm. um, profanity and stuff like that? But I'm I'm thinking more along the lines of like stuff that you don't want necessarily want an eight year old to have to go to the dictionary and look that up because they don't know what it means or they can't pronounce it. Like, did you have did you have to um, even dumb the storytelling down or was it just something that that well, kind of flowed naturally? I think the honest answer is, Joel, I'm stupid. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, no, I, I don't. I don't use many big words myself, to be honest. Um, right. So I probably uh, write at re- that level anyway. I've re- I've read the rune. I've read the rune world, and I'm I'm with Derek. It's not that it's it's not that it's simplistic. It's just that language is approachable. It is uh, uh, digestible with any audience. Yeah. It, is uh you know you don't have to use big words to 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 tell a really good story. I mean Stephen King does it all the time without using big words, uh, and he can weave quite quite the story that gets you there without the without the uh, well you know he does go for the gross out stuff, but <laughs> but yeah the other otherwise he's he's a very uh, plain spoken uh, author that I think is pretty good. And I I remember reading Rune World that I, I already thought it was kind of a it fit into that. Uh, all ages kind of topic. I read more all ages stuff than you may think. I I do have the Adventure Time series that Boom Studios uh, did, and I've been kind of going back through it over the last couple of weeks. And I'm excited to see there is a actually a, a, a new series, the beginning of the end or something. It's got some really uh, different art style from what I was seeing. I'm I'm pretty excited about that. Man, Boom Boom Studios, man, they just well, it, is, yeah, it is funny how uh, stuff. If a story is like initially made for kids, if it's done well enough, like grown-ups can usually enjoy it just as much. Absolutely. Well, the interesting thing is too, like for me, like I did it with adults in mind. I just wrote it at like kind of my level, I guess you could say. Right. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, maybe that's the the formula. You just need somebody who's not overly intelligent, and then <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> they'll, they'll leave out all the big words. I prefer approachable. I don't. I wouldn't say. Thank I would you. accessible. Yeah, yeah, accessible. That's a good word like, too. Yeah, I'll start yeah. using that. Yeah, of, uh, beating myself down. Right. I think there that's. I mean, and that's. I mean, that's the kind of the magic of like Pixar or Disney movies too, right? Yeah. Like, there's something for adults. There's something for kids. Everybody gets something out of it, which is cool because then, if your if your kid wants to read this comic, and you're like, well, I, you know, as a parent, I should 
at least be familiar with what they're reading. If you're enjoying it too, then the conversation at the dinner table is like you and your son or daughter just geeking out over Ruin World as opposed to just you pretending, yes. right? Right. You know, you really pronounce the Ruin World, whereas I kind of go almost go into a Ruin World when I say it, don't I? I noticed that. Both, both works. Yeah, I, but it's more proper to say Ruin World. I also have noticed something odd this this, this episode. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. I don't want I don't want Joel to get self-conscious. Joel, don't get self-conscious. I'm just saying <laughs> the Aboots and Sories are a little heavier tonight. I think it's because we have <laughs> we have Derek who, you know, has a little bit of of, of that twang himself. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. So no, I love it because it's, it's such a comfortable thing, and I don't always get to I don't always get comfortable <laughs> Joel, and I'm enjoying you know, some, comfortable Joel. Someday we'll have to do the the regional accents episode. Oh my episode, gosh! Yeah, just and we'll dig, have to play up our accents. Dig in know? deep. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, you don't, Matthew. I'm not hearing a Boston accent. Let's hear it. <laughs> right, bring it out. Bring oh it out. yeah, I can I can go have a beer this weekend. Oh man, my pals go down to the bar. Right, nice. nice. <laughs> I, you know, all my southern impressions are, are uh, laced with profanity, so I don't know if I could really get. <laughs> I don't know if I could really get in there without the too many hex. Too the profanity, yeah, no, heck, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, just mm, I could just. Oh, it's a lot of f bombs in this uh, in this part of the country. But uh, you know, you did something, Derek, this time around. With, with you know, you have like a, you have boom boom studios behind you. I I, I noticed that this. This release, uh, it it has a trailer, uh, and it's not just uh, it's not just some kind of uh, here's a here's a screen grab of the you know one of the pages and let us slide over top of the over the comic you know and it's actually full motion animated trailer. So how how involved were you in in the creation process of that? Um, tell me a little bit about it. Okay, I, I got really lucky. Um, so uh, Curtis uh, Rio, I believe. Uh, hmm. Joel, do you know him? I, I do, uh, actually. Yeah, he said to how say do you pronounce hi. His last, hi. <laughs> how, how do you pronounce his last name? I would say Ryu would be. Ryu, oh, okay. Yeah, interesting. So, French would be my guess, yeah. All right. So uh, Curtis um, reached out to me um, uh, because his uh, studio, Stellar Bore, at the time was looking to do some uh, portfolio pieces just mm. to kind of like boost up his uh, sort of portfolio. And uh, so he had reached out to me and just said he was a fan of RuneWorld and I just had it online at the time. And uh, he asked if he could use the characters and create something. And uh, we kind of talked about maybe a scene he could use from the comic itself that I was working on. And uh, so he picked sort of the scene where uh, Pogo's running out of the keep and uh, the keep explodes and a big tentacle monster uh, comes and attacks them. So, um, yeah, so the, and then that was kind of how we started, and it was just going to be a portfolio piece for him, and, and I didn't really know how I would use that later. Um, and he was just doing it in his spare time wow. over like the course of maybe like a, a year, and it was just probably he was wrapping it up about two months ago, and, and then we were still finalizing a few details like the final logo design for RuneWorld and stuff like that. So I said, just hold off. Uh, I'll get you the final logo and everything um, when we get closer to uh, – um, the, the time when it was going to be released. And uh, yeah, so it just kind of worked out. Like the timing of it was perfect. I gave him the logo like a couple weeks ago and then um, he sent me the final draft like uh, just like, a couple days ago and I presented it to Boom and I said, hey guys, uh, by the way, I happen to have this animated uh, trailer for us. Um, and uh, yeah, they were they were excited and we just decided to use it. So the timing just worked out perfectly. That's great. And I That's couldn't great, be happy. Yeah. So, yeah, I just got rid well, of the feature. Well, hint, hint, Boom, they should, they should get... Curtis to do more Doubt. more promos for some other other stuff. Uh, if people yeah, are interested, so. you can you can follow Curtis. He's an artist and animator, obviously, uh, and you can follow him at uh, Curtis Ryu on Instagram, and it's R I O U X is his yes. last name. Uh, I tabled next to Curtis at the East Coast Comic Expo three years ago, I think. Mm. Uh, so we were we were table neighbors, uh, and then he worked in the industry here in Halifax for a while. I think he might be in Newfoundland now. But uh, he he was a local animator, and I would see him at all the different shows, just kind of bopping around different events, that sort of thing. But uh, really talented guy. I I always when people like I've always um, thought of him as like he's a showrunner in the body of an animator. Like the guy yeah. just has so many ideas. Oh, <laughs> do we lose Joel? And Joel's dead. No, I'm oh, oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think I glitched for a second and then I lost I lost everybody and so now I'm back. So it's good. It's good. 
Oh, it's about crap in my pants, but it's good. But no, yes, yes. Curtis's you work the, was was so much fun. Matt, what'd you say? It. <laughs> that's a good one to get the listeners to check their setup too. Like, oh, right. wait a second, oh, something are they still loose? there? Are they still there? <laughs> Hello? Hello? No, everybody's my banging on stuff. Good? What's going on? Yeah. You just edit that in post. <laughs> Heck no, yeah. we like to keep that junk in the, mi- in the mix. Brian doesn't edit anything, Derek. By the way, just FYI. Right. lengthen out that so, pause. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, if my, anything, <laughs> my greatest, my greatest compliment is, man, you got that out fast. And I think they, and they usually go, man, you didn't edit that at all. You just <laughs> 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 because yep. that's what I do. Well, and it, it's something I think too that happens the longer that you podcast, and people have the mistake of thinking that, oh, you've been podcasting for a while, you must be so good at it that you don't have to edit. It's like, nope, I'm just so sick oh. of editing that I don't want to yeah. bother. <laughs> I do that with my other shows too. It's like, nope, I completely screwed up but, the outro for that. It's only the 312th time that I've done it. Screw right. it, it's going to stay that way. Who cares? Plus, plus this <laughs> podcast, especially this podcast, is always lend itself to a roundtable discussion, and I like to imagine that our listeners are listening along and actually are yelling at their devices uh, either in joy or pain about the things <laughs> we're saying and I think when you I think when you remove those you know those those breaths and those pauses I think you lose that I think you, you know you don't feel like you're actually a part of it as much that's just my opinion I think you're right because I've listened to a, a number of podcasts from people that I'm fans of but they're produced podcasts that are right. associated with networks or larger programs. And I don't like them. They're too yeah. edited. Like they just, they feel like I'm just listening to a really crummy extended cable news show. Right. Whereas with podcasts that are off the cuff and they have little quips and, and blips, it just feels a little bit more like you're a fly on the wall as opposed to just listening to something that's been heavily edited and, and produced. Absolutely. Uh, but speaking of editing, uh, Derek, you mentioned that you had an editor, uh, but you are writing and drawing Ruin World yourself, right? Yes, I am. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like there's a, a benefit to being able to do both or would you prefer to work with a writer or a team on a project like this? Um, I've really enjoyed the process. I was terrified at the beginning um, because I'd never really written a comic before, but as I've gotten into it and um, in the fourth issue now, um, I think it just allows me to have that creative freedom like because I can you know make edits on the fly and change the dialogue and change what's gonna happen and I can just you know pretty much like do that editing process like right there while I'm working and I think that's beneficial. If I had a final script, it would be a lot of back and forth if I mm. you know and I probably wouldn't feel necessarily like, um, confident to tell a writer to change something or, you know, but you know, when it's yourself, you can just do whatever you want. So I think that's, that's where it comes in handy. It's just the freedom. A lot of self editing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like, so I, I, not, not to, not to backtrack too much. Cause I, I know we kind of had that little thing where I couldn't hear you. So when you were do, working with Curtis on the trailer, did you uh, send me any additional work or was that something he just did outside himself or did you get any, get to have any feedback on that or? Um, we did a, a little bit of back and forth, just right. um, like he was showing me rough cuts and um, I made a few little notes like maybe, hey, let's uh, time it like this or maybe add this bit in. It was it was pretty much all him, though. Like I'd say nice. like ninety nine percent of no, it. What about your character design? Whatever. Well, I mean, yeah, just, he, I'm just saying like he took it. He took the ball around with it. Yeah, and he uh, he did. He did an awesome job. He did a great job. Yeah. Joel, back to you. Sorry, I didn't mean to backtrack on that. Well, well, actually, curious. no, it's good because I, I I meant to ask something earlier and I forgot. Uh, Derek, remind me, do you have animation background? Like, did you work in animation? Um, I haven't worked in animation. I, I did study animation, classical animation. Um, right. Uh, okay. I think it was like yeah, 18 years ago. Um, so yeah, it's been a while. But uh, so I do have a background. I animated for like video games and things like that, um, but not on a show. Not That's what I'm remembering. I rem- yeah, because you've done. I can't remember the name of it, but it was like because I've. It's in your art book. Um, a lot Bullet of the age? concept. Bullet Age. That's it. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Yeah, so stuff stuff like that. I I just because I knew there was animation somewhere, but you know, just, funny enough, that game like it's actually apparently going to be coming out, and uh, I don't know what? if you want to talk about it on this podcast, but maybe I do. I, I, I want to talk about it. it. Yeah, yeah, no, I, absolutely. Okay, so um, the game was kind of dead in the water. Um, our company Halfbot um, mm-hmm. was just two of us, um, me and uh, my friend Melvin, who did the programming side. And um, it was just uh, financially not working for us. Um, 
we were getting too stressed out. Uh, it was just hard. It was hard to be an indie developer. Oh yeah. Um, that wasn't making any money. And um, so we sort of had put all this like uh, work into uh, Bullet Age, but it wasn't ready to be released. And uh, but we had to kind of make the hard decision to say, let's just stop. Um, and anyway, our friends um, at Live Games, um, they we'd sort of met them through channels or whatever when we were indie indie developers, and they approached us and said, "Hey, what's going on with that game?" Um, because we had sort of posted some stuff online and we were trying to get hype up for it while we were developing it. Um, so yeah, they just basically said like, are you interested in having us finish it? And um, so that was just something we worked out and they've been doing an awesome job. Like uh, they've worked on great. it for, yeah, about eight months now. And um, I don't want to say exactly when it's going to come out or how yet, but uh yeah, uh, that's all I can say. I guess that'll be my secret. Um, right, and if you <laughs> and if you want right, keep that for for next time. And if you're interested, you can go to artofbulletage.tumblr.com and uh, just see how fantastic and excited you should be about this game. Ah, and all the E3 stuff. I'm just I'm just so hyped for all the games right now. I can't stand it. Yeah, it's killing me. So Bullet Age, do it. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to see like the work that we did, the hard work we did, like sort of you know uh, grow and become like what it was meant to be, and having this awesome team kind of come in and uh, pick up the ball and run with it is pretty amazing. So mm. yeah, it's a lot of uh, good luck coming my way. Yeah, I guess, uh, with people helping, and it's like yeah, I don't know, it's, hey, uh, pretty awesome. Don't don't think it luck. It, it's not <laughs> luck. Is uh, is is great talent? You know, attracts other talent, and uh, and you've you've done so far. You've made some good picks. Uh, and so, hey, keep moving forward, man. You'll be an empire before you know it. <laughs> you know, it's a funny, it's a funny idea, but I, I don't know why it's never crossed my mind. But you see and hear about indie developers, or this game was made by one person or two people or something like that. And I'm wondering how often you don't hear about it. But putting all that work and all that time into developing what is essentially like a really detailed pitch package for a mm -hmm. game. And then instead of trying to just do it all yourself, shopping it around, does that happen often? Like I'm not that into the gaming scene to know, but it just, I, if it did, you'd think it would happen more often. Yeah. I mean, I guess it, I guess it can. I mean, you could certainly pitch it to um, like say a devolver digital. Um, yes. They're pretty big with like indie developers and stuff like mm -hmm, that um, mm -hmm. who can help sort of finance or um, get you over the finish line because sometimes you get to that, Point. And that's really only like the halfway point or maybe 40%. Um, there's so much work to actually finishing a game. Like that's the thing you, a lot of developers don't quite realize, especially the yeah. newer ones, is right. how much work it is after you get to a point where you're like, hey, I got a game. And it's not really a game yet like you think it is, but it's not. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff that needs to go into it. Um, yeah, so I mean, at that stage, though, yeah, certainly you can start to shop it around. But the, the sort of... Um, industry, uh, all the publishers kind of went away, and um, they're starting to come back a little bit here, like like Devolver. Um, but yeah, I think it, I think now it's there's not a lot of like uh, publishers out there anymore. So right. you just sort of have to maybe you know somebody. Um, you know, it's it's a way. Right. It's, of course, it's always a way. But yeah. everybody's self publishing it, now, right? I mean, that's what everybody's doing. Yeah, right. Well, that's the thing. It is easy enough to self publish nowadays. So right. I think that's where most people end up going. Well, I tell you, Devolver, that's, that's one of my favorites. I'm always watching uh, on the, I, I go to the Humble Bundle and the Indie Gala and diff different, uh, all these indie distribution places. And I'm always throwing, you know, eight, 10 bucks at those people and saying, here, give me what you got. <laughs> and I'll just, I'll throw, awesome. them, I'll throw them. I got like so many keys for stuff. It's <laughs> and freaking, how many of those games do you actually play, play Brian? It's freaking ridiculous. It's <laughs> insane. My Steam library is well over a 400, almost almost 500. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm almost That's at 500. I'm almost at 500 games now. Of course I do I do a, a video game podcast as well called The Boop Show on Mondays with Scott Johnson. But I'm also a little bit of a game hoarder. I have problems. Digital hoarder. Yeah, I have that. I have that problem with art books. I'm not allowed to buy any more because I haven't read the ones that right. I have. I like that you're not allowed. So, so I, Joel, is that self-imposed or is that someone? It's no. It's self-imposed for budget reasons. The right. only time I let myself um, go outside of that is <laughs> if it's a Kickstarter, and it's like, okay, well, if I don't buy it now, right, then it's either going to be harder to get later or 
for the sake of an extra five dollars, I can get it signed or something like get a package, something like that. Right. Um, and then it also isn't well two for twofold. One, um, I like supporting Kickstarters, especially for art stuff. But then on the flip side, that book won't arrive for another year, ah. give or take. So so I I have time to finish what I have started right. <laughs> before it arrives. Derek, In theory, right? I say looking at three Kickstarter boxes on my coffee table right now. Derek, <laughs> they all come at once. <laughs> Derek, what what have you banned yourself from? Is it the Mighty Mugs? What do you what do? You, uh, yeah, what do you, well, you know what it was. It was uh, similar, kind of the competitor, um, yeah. Funko Pops. Yes. So I was a yeah huge into Funko Pops. I had like over I'd say like three hundred and fifty. Oh wow, um, you're a junkie. Yeah, but I, I was. But then um, I, I ran out of space, and yeah. then once once I ran out of space, I I kind of lost interest. It was weird. <laughs> so uh, my wife has been selling them off on eBay, right? And I think I've sold like half my collection already. That's... So. That's great. And that's, it, it, you know, it's yeah. funny. I made a lot more money like than I ever thought I would because they're hot and like a lot yeah. of them are worth like, you know, 50, 100 bucks. So, wow. Really? You know, wow. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. It is such there's, a. There's it, a new documentary on Netflix about yes. um, Bumco. Right. Yeah. I haven't watched that yet. See, no, that, either. that stuff, that, that's just so amazing because, I mean, literally, you, you buy them and you leave them in the box. You literally just buy them to put them on a shelf and then. When you get to a certain degree, like you say, you just start selling them. I get the same way. I have, I, I probably still have maybe 40 or 50 myself, but I've gotten rid of most of them. And it's, it's just from just giving them away. I was just like, hey, hey, kid, you like this? Hey, take this with you. But now I'm, now I'm thinking, I'm just giving money away. Now I've got to go yeah, back yeah. and. Some of those might be worth a lot right. of money. Now I'm, I have a. I have a Lino that's worth 350 oh, And I had wow. ac- accidentally bought two of him when I was like. Wow. first coming out just because yeah. i was collecting so rapidly i didn't realize i had already bought them so i bought them again and now i got two of them and uh yeah so that is you never know that is why check I, your pricing wow. right check I, what's the guy. retail what's the retail on a, on a fun cup up like 10 bucks 10, yeah 15? wow okay yeah. five on clearance right. if you go to gamestop any day of the week i mean come on hey matt what are you into is i do you have to stop buying a canadian nickels what did you have to what did you have to give up <laughs> I know uh, something. Well, a lot of stuff. I, yeah. just, I, in, I in general, just put myself on a ban of buying things. Because nice. I, I realized a lot of it I totally didn't need. <laughs> oh, I hear that. Oh, poor Matt. Somebody send Matt something fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, send me nothing. I like Get it. Right. On something. <laughs> I'm sending Matt something fun. I feel, I, don't like, know I feel like I'm just going to box up some of my stuff. I, I am. I, I was just sitting here thinking. I was thinking. Matt, like, I've got, no. I've got a... I've got a glow. I got a glow in the dark Yoda over here. It's a Funko Pop. I am thinking that would look good on uh, Matt's shelf of bareness. I can just imagine just this uh, all the bareness in in Matt's. Nah, don't do it. I'll just keep it. Then fine. Before we get completely off the rails, uh, for people that are interested uh, in in reading Ruin World, Derek, can people still read it online? Um, yeah, they can. If they go to roomworldcomic.com, I still have the first original uh, 13 pages up there. Hmm. Um, they've been slightly edited and um, uh, since since that incarnation, but it's pretty much the same. Um, uh, so yeah, if you want to get a taste of it, like that's a, that's a good little like jump into it. Um, they also have uh, preview pages on uh, Boom's website right now. If you went to mm-hmm. boomstudios.com slash series slash uh room world you'll see uh a six page preview there too and um yeah so at least gives people a, a chance to get into and see if it's something they'd be into now if yeah, I'm i wanting... think 13 pages is sorry go ahead brian oh i was just gonna say if i'm wanting to pick this up where how i'm on i'm on boom studios do i just is it a pre-order mm. thing what is it wait a second yeah exactly right now um so up until the 18th, so you got like four days from now. So if it gets published tomorrow, this thing, uh, yeah, three days, I guess, to uh, go in pre-order. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm learning, I'm new to this whole comic book uh, industry, and I'm learning how important it is for people to pre-order at their comic book store, like for the yes. like life of the comic, I guess, and, and how successful it can be out of, out of the gate. It's so important to get those pre-orders up there. Yep. And, um, yeah, so I'm sort of, uh, trying not to, uh, spam my uh, social media all the time, but, uh, <laughs> trying to encourage people to go in to go to the local comic book shop and, and, uh, ask them to order for them. So yeah, if you go to that boom studios.com uh, and, uh, search for Brune world, you'll see, they have like a, 
a comic locator um, yeah, app yeah. that sort of tells you like what comic uh, shops in your area. And I think that works for like anywhere pretty much in the world. You can go and check yeah. and um, then you give them the diamond code um, for the book and which I don't know off the top of my head. But um, yeah, if you give them the diamond codes and you can pre-order actually the second issue as well. It's already been released in uh, um, Diamond's uh, previews magazine. So that's, that's you awesome. pre-order nice. both. Oh, by the way, I just looked for comic book shops near me. Let's see. Uh, yeah, Memphis, Tennessee. For those who wow, don't know, really? that's a long way away from me. It makes me sad. It makes me super sad. I think there actually is a comic book shop closer than that. I just don't know if maybe they aren't not listed on this site. But, yeah, it's a are good... They, are they maybe more than just a comic book shop, so they're maybe not listed? Like, if they're like a toy collectible yeah, comic? Yeah, maybe so. I don't thing. know. It makes, me, it makes me super sad. I don't want to get too deep into that, because it makes me super sad. There's not... We used to have two in town, and that hasn't been... That's been like 20 years ago since we've had a proper comic book shop in, in my town. Sad. So sad. So I'm just going to buy it online. Ha ha! Do it. Sorry, suckers. Boom! Ordered! Now, I know, I think online, Derek, you have the diamond code for issue number one, as well as the variant cover from Ooh. Sean Galloway, yes. I think. Yes. Uh, do you have yeah. Do you have the diamond code for issue number two? Because if you send it to, to us, then Brian could maybe include it in the, in the show notes for the episode. Oh, yes. Um, yes, I do have it. We're making, oh, cool. We're making some. Yeah, just, just, follow, just send us an email after. We'll, yeah, Brian for will sure. Make We're magic happen. We're driving. We're driving. We're driving some uh, web cartoonist exclusive readers who are like Diamond Code. What is that? <laughs> Look, it's an industry wide mag uh, comic book catalog, basically, and you get yep. a, you get a little Diamond Code, and this is it's the it's the standard, and you get a code, and that's that's how you order the comic. So you go in your comic book shop, and you go here's the Diamond Code, and they know what you're talking about. They better know what you're talking about. Well, I've heard a rumor um, that Diamond is working on like an app where you can um, order for your shop <laughs> through the app and not have to like call them. So um, that's hopefully coming in the future because that would be really handy. I think, uh, especially in this day and age, nobody wants yeah. to leave their house. Right. You know, <laughs> I don't mind driving to pick it up, but come on, let me order it. <laughs> exactly. Let me order it online at least. You got to make it easier. You gotta I'm it easier. lazy, but Joel knows that. Right, Joel. <laughs> this, the, yeah, this is true. It is true. true. It is true. Uh, so in addition to um, Rule World coming out, earlier this year, Derek, you had done uh, a Kickstarter uh, of art book number one, which is an older book that you did, but it was an XL edition. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was a really successful Kickstarter, but I was wondering like, what kind of prompted you to go Kickstarter? Because if I'm remembering correctly, I think you just straight up self-published your other sketchbooks. Uh, yeah, that was what I did. Um, before, uh, well, part of it um, was talking to you, Joel. Um, I think that definitely helped getting more feedback from people. I was terrified of Kickstarter. Oh, um, cool! I and, didn't realize uh, I had a part in this. This is yeah, awesome. for sure. So, <laughs> um, and I think it was just talking to people that had some success with it, and uh, you know, was able to sort of pick their brain, and, and that was very helpful that you were able to lend that information to me, and uh, so graciously. So, um, yeah, and I think that's just sort of I was I was just apprehensive about. Um, you know, could I deliver the project that I wanted to deliver? Were people going to get mad at me if I couldn't? Mm. Um, you know, those kind of fears that were there. And um, for Art Book One, uh, the XL edition, basically, uh, it came down to um, I had already had first done my first art book was only uh, a smaller size. It was uh, I think it was I can't remember the size now. I think it was like five and a half inches by seven and a half inches. Um, like the, yeah, and it I was both. Right, yeah, and it was only 48 pages, and I had uh, um, printed it locally here in London, Ontario, and only printed like a small run of them. I was It was my first art book, and I didn't know if anybody was willing to buy my art books or not at the time, and, uh, you know, but that was all I could have kind of afford, and I was putting in, I was uh, doing it all out of pocket because I was scared to go to Kickstarter. Um, and then, but it was successful, and I sold out of those, and that was great. And then when I did my second book, because I had sold out the first one, I had more confidence to go and do a bigger 100-page, like, uh, 7.5 by 10-inch book. Um, and uh, that book sold well, too. And then I thought, well, I kind of want both my art books to uh, fit nicely on a shelf together and be the same. Like, I kind of wanted that first art book to be what I was able to do with my second art book. So I just had this idea, and I was really busy this year. 
um, this past year with uh, freelance work, and I didn't have a lot of like time to put together like a whole entire new book. So I just thought I could gather like you know 52 new pages of content and maybe put it together with the old book and then make the big version I always kind of wish I had um, mm-hmm. for that first book. And I kind of reached out to people online and said, is this something people would be interested in doing? And I had a lot of people that bought the first one saying I would totally support another <laughs> version, um, which was awesome. And um, I didn't get a single person being angry that I like redid the book essentially and, and beefed it up. And um, yeah, the car- Kickstarter ended up being really successful. And yeah, it was, it was great sort of experience overall. And I think it helped too. I, I had the book finished. So those fears of like, could I get it finished or whatever, like that was, that wasn't there. Cause I was, the book was done. It was ready to send to a printer. I just kind of needed the money um, up front um, mm-hmm. and to know people wanted to buy it. So yeah, it worked out really well. Yeah. It's, it's nice when you can, can go into a project, you know, especially like your first Kickstarter where it's something that you are adding to a, a previous book, but so you're not starting from complete scratch. Like you had a springboard and then you're able to get in there and, and have something kind of completed before you go. I'm always on the fence about Kickstarters where people are essentially just kind of kickstarting for the, for the printing. Mm-hmm. Um, not, 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 not criticizing, just kind of like mm-hmm. a lot of times I want to find the person that really is like, look, I have this idea. It's a solid idea and here's a pitch for it. But in order to complete it, I really need Kickstarter's help. And I tend to back those books before I back someone's like, well, this is already finished. It's just a matter of uh, raising the capital for for the printing. Um, and it depends because I've seen some other Kickstarters where you kind of know something's up. Because, well, I mean, your yours was not this case. You looked at, at the, the, the amount of money that you needed to print it, knowing the kind of run that you were doing. I was like, yeah, no, that's about right. But I've seen other artists where you know that they're super popular and they're doing a Kickstarter for like $2,000, $3,000. It's like, but these guys have to be planning on printing tens of thousands of copies. Why are they kickstarting 5,000? Right. <laughs> you know, because yeah. they... Be, well, it's a bit of gaming the system in terms of like, oh, you're 2,000% funded. And it's like, well, of course you are. is because you, <laughs> you could have just done this yourself, but you decided to use Kickstarter. And I think that, that, that kind of stuff, I'm just like, well, I'd rather support the underdog like Derek, you know, and because right. I have well, it. I, I got the Kickstarter and I got the, which poster came with it? Was it the Star Wars one? Uh, no, it was Demogorgon or which oh, one? Oh, that's right. Sorry, the Demogorgon. Yeah. You're right, you're right, right. So I so, have the Star Wars one because you sent you sent us that. That's right. Love it. Yeah, well, well, speaking on that point, Joel, like, because I've done both sides of it now, like, I, I've um, self-published, like, the whole entire thing myself with our book 2 being a comparable. Um, I was able to get, like, the reach probably three times the reach I was able to get on my own hmm. through Kickstarter. So there was something to be said about going through Kickstarter and getting oh, that extra yeah. exposure. So I think that's probably why you see people doing that, even though they don't necessarily need it for the funding itself, they need it for the promotion because that seems to be like what Kickstarter has become this like promotional powerhouse. And it's almost like you said, it is gaming the system a little bit because what it, Kickstarter was originally intended to be um, was like, help me fund this thing that I could not do otherwise. Um, but you know, given the state of sort of the, you know, social media and trying to get as many eyeballs on your project as possible and to make it as successful as possible. Um, I guess that's why like people will turn to Kickstarter and, you know, to be honest, I'll I'll probably do it again for my next art book now, knowing I was able to reach a bigger audience, Mm. um, and get the book in my hands. So, yeah. And, and I think too, that it's, it's again it's in the hands of the independent creator it's kind of whatever you want to do i always just find it different when you've got like big companies that are doing kickstarters and stuff like that you're like what but really why well well there you go that's it's it's purely for marketing purposes marketing and i have to say that no i mean knowing what i know about kickstarter from my work with forge publishing and there is a certain percentage i want to say it's in the 15 percent range it might be a little bit higher of people that do not know forge or the artist i work with or you derek or any or any of the the work that exists on on kickstarter they they come to it because they're following kickstarters not because they previously right. were following your work right. so there is this increase exactly. in people that had never heard of you that are like oh crap this is right up my alley and because they're watching art books or they're watching certain you know lists and 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 they're getting the i like i get the kickstarter newsletter in terms of like what's new i don't necessarily click on everything but there's certainly some projects that i find really interesting and, and stuff like that that uh i don't think i've 
I think I did back one. I think I backed a board game, Unstable Unicorns. I think I backed that oh, on Kickstarter because, really? because it was oh. because it was in the newsletter. I would have never right. found out about it otherwise because I'm not a big tabletop guy, but I, I mean, I like them. Uh, but I found I found that through through the newsletter. So I yeah, I mean, I, I can see the, I guess the the ebb and flow uh, of all of it. Given that um, this was your first Kickstarter, and you came into it kind of like at a, at a mature time in Kickstarter's kind of existence in terms of people know what it is. Uh, you had some some fears about it. What would be some advice that you would give someone looking to publish or self-publish a book using Kickstarter? Um, I would say like research, 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 like, you know, like talking to people that have done it before, like I did with you. Um, and um, I think it's just trying to minimize um, those pitfalls, like how you're going to set up, you know, your tiers and what that's going to look like and really plan it out. And then also... Um, find out all your costs first, like from everything from shipping, like, like literally get a shipping scale and like try to get like the same weight and like know what the weight's going to be, figure out all those costs because you'll like have a huge like surprise when you find out how much it actually costs to ship something to overseas or, um, Mm -hmm. you know, we at least like, because we had like sold um, prints through my online store, my wife like handles all that stuff. And so I kind of had an expert like, you know, to uh, in, in her to uh, help me kind of like figure out all those costs up front. And, um, you know, but I think there's a lot of people out there that don't know that, um, oh, yeah. you know, the, those pitfalls. And uh, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble financially if uh, you're not careful. Yeah, absolutely. Especially uh, you and I both being Canadian. For any Canadians out there listening, uh, it is a different ball game in Canada than in the States when you're trying to ship something literally. So yeah. So, yeah, so cause it, it's, it's ridiculous. Like for me to ship a book in the U S from, from a U.S. distributor to a U.S. address, it's like six to $8. It's twice that in Canada. It's like minimum 15. Yeah. Cause I just sent one out West and it was like $17 to send a hardcover book to Edmonton, like banana town. Um, <laughs> And so I, you heard I, it here. Evington is banana town. <laughs> I and I appreciate the kind words, Derek. But I have to I have to tip my hat because when I did my Kickstarter's, there was a certain individual that I picked his brain, and that's Dave Michael from SalesGeek. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, in terms of like getting a scale and weighing all that kind of stuff, I would also suggest that you could you could look up a uh, a fulfillment house or a, especially a small I say small a smaller fulfillment house like SalesGeek because then you don't have to worry about the enormous time sink of then boxing and mailing and doing all that kind of stuff. If you have a very successful Kickstarter, like it's great if you can handle it. It's great if you have a spouse or someone that can, that can help you out with it. If you can make it like a a family business. Um, But for me, I knew from self-publishing my own comic book years ago that if any of the books that I work on with forge do well, then I just, I don't want to be up to my ears in shipping 500 books. Like it, you know, it's mm-hmm. just not how I want to spend my day. And, and <laughs> I cannot, uh, plug Dave Michael's services at sales geek enough because it just, he's saved my bacon in terms of just the knowledge that he brings in terms of what ships with what and where yeah. and what the prices are. And it's phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. And there's a lot of resources out there, I think, uh, that complement Kickstarter. And it's it's becoming easier and easier, like you said earlier, Derek, for smaller independent artists to really do, I don't want to say big things, but uh, kind of mimic things that are done at scale at, at still at a high quality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, sure. I think you, you said you mentioned you printed it in Canada as well. I did, yeah. I printed out of Montreal. Um, Marquise Printing, I should give them a shout out. Um, they're amazing. Um, their pricing is um, competitive. I was, I think they were cheaper than when I got quotes from Print Ninja originally. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, and also being in Canada, it's nice to have something that's Canadian made. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, uh, yeah, they've been great to work with. And I've done, I did uh, my first printing of RuneWorld through them as well. So they do comics. Um and uh, yeah, it's just been a great experience. Nice. Interesting. I uh, I haven't looked into any Canadian printers. I've printed in the states before. I've been looking into Chinese printers, but it's one of those things where like the printing is cheaper, but then you have to look at your production calendar, and it literally adds yeah, like yeah. six months. Yeah. Well, this the, is the good thing process. about Marquise. Like Marquise turnaround was like three weeks. Wow, wow so, that's amazing. Like, yeah. 
you know, so I could have the books like in my hand in three weeks. Like it was crazy. So have you heard um, of slow boat from China there, Joel? Because that's a slow boat from China, my friend. That's exactly yeah. what those things are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying like the one time ship, but I mean like, you know, they, they print the proof, they ship the proof, right. even if that's just an airmail thing that still takes three or four weeks to oh, get yeah. to you. Absolutely. You know, and yeah. then and then you, then if you have to change anything, you have to get another proof. Like I mean, just in terms of the entire production yeah. time production process. But and I do um, want to I do want to pat myself on the back for Kickstarter a little bit, um, and mainly due to my wife. Um, I think like one of the things I was able to do was actually like deliver ahead of time nice. on my Kickstarter. <laughs> yes, because you did I that. you know I, I put out like June for delivery, and uh, you know, but because I didn't know what kind of pitfalls there were there were going to be, mm. but. Um, because we sort of planned well and everything, I was able to get everything out sooner, and I got a lot of people shocked that they're actually getting that's, shocked. Yeah, oh, that's, <laughs> that is such a great surprise and a good way for me to go, I'm going to do that ride again. Yeah, it's a I good lesson, it. too, yeah. in terms of, like, if, if you think, like, hey, I think I could deliver this by December. Tell everyone you can deliver it four or five months later than that. Right. <laughs> so then when you do deliver, you know, earlier than than everybody else thinks then you're just blowing everybody out of the water like it just it's you know it's one of those things where like you i think i was listening to a a a podcast with uh, will terry about illustration and he he kind of let it slip yeah he just kind of let it slip he's yeah he's like i i I never tell my editor exactly where i am with my work (laughs) i'm always i'm always ahead but i never let them know i'm ahead (laughs) it's like that is smart because that expectations, man, that's what life's all about. Yep. And people have exactly. some and you set them out here. You say, nope, nope, further back. Good job. All right. Hey, oh, by the way, uh, Joel, you had talked about David Michael. He is a great friend of the show, friend of mine. Yes. I've ridden many times all the way out to Utah in the same car with him delivering this stuff to Nerdtacular. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at SalesGeekery. Uh, and and he'll be glad to talk to you about getting getting your project off the ground. Hey, Joel. There's one more question. Uh, I don't. I, can I ask it? Can I ask your question? Yeah, go for it. All right. Can Pete? Did did we did we discuss if we can still get our hands on the art book one XL edition, Derek? And if so, uh, yes, where? you can. Uh, DerekLoffman.com. It's for sale right now. Excellent. I got to pick that up, Matt. I did enjoy hearing your chuckles and your and your and your talking to this time. I I missed you so much, Matt. But you're here at the end oh. of the show, as always, with your with your question. with your holster full of last question. Give it to us. Yes, indeed. So, uh, who? What artists are you currently following, Derek? That our listeners really should be following too. Oh my! Uh, let's see. Um, so Sean Galloway, who did my uh, variant cover, um, I have to give yes. him a shout out. He's amazing, um, and uh, he was very gracious to do my variant cover for me. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it meant a lot. Um, so definitely follow him, Sean Galloway, Sean Cheeks Galloway, as he's uh, also known. Hey. And uh, let's see. Um, uh, Following Sean, so, right there's so now. many. John Sambariva is really awesome. Um, I have his turtle stickers on my Cintiq right now. I'm staring ah, at them. On the on the <laughs> backside, right? Not, or on the top? Not on the actual... Uh, on the sides, I have a wide... Like I have the 27-inch. Um, so nice. I have like a three-inch sort of border around the outside. So I have a bunch of stickers from him there. So Nice. Yeah, those, those two guys I'll shout out. Um, yeah, definitely follow them. But uh, pretty much anybody I follow, um, I, I pretty much... Um, follow artists so if you go look at who i'm following um yeah follow those people that's a good that's idea. what i do I, I go and check out artists i like and i see yeah. who they're following and then i start following those people i i do the same thing i go down that little oh my gosh i follow so many people on twitter sometimes i gotta, I gotta stop it i gotta back off don't worry <laughs> don't worry they always call the herd by a bunch of morons posting a bunch of stuff that is a bunch of junk and i go oh they also post that unfollow 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 <laughs> So, oh, so when I'm, I'm purchased it, so I'm, I'm on Boom Studios, and I'm, I'm just one last plug for this, for the Rune World. Uh, if you can reach your, get to your local comic shop, do try to get, uh, get it through the, the local places if you can, because you don't want them to go away. Trust me, I live where they went away, and I have to do this instead. I'm on the Boom Studios website, and I'm looking. Do I want to get the Rune World number one with, with your cover or do I want the Galloway cover or do I want to just get the whole big giant book for 1596? Yeah, get both. 
Get both. That's right. It's not you would say that. Why was I even? <laughs> why do you even ask? Typical yeah, salesman. Get, get a couple. You know what? You don't get get two of each because then if you come oh. see me at a convention, that's I can true. Sign one. All right. And you keep the other one and just for reading. You know. Boop, boop, and done. Ship Easy. my ship my stuff and let me be here. Say 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 tomorrow. Don't say two months. I don't want to. I don't. I don't buy your timelines anymore, Derek. I'm not buying them anymore. <laughs> well, the book the book will come out July 11th in store. Oh. So, yeah, that's right around the corner. That's not bad. That's no, not bad. So, Derek, give us uh, give us the, all the great places that people can visit you on the internet. Um, you pretty much just want to go to DerekLoffman.com, and that has everything about me there. Social media, excellent stores, all that stuff. Perfect, Derek. Thank you so much for returning, returning one more time for the third time. We, uh, it's it's been fun. I I look forward to our next interview next May or June, possibly. Uh, hopefully, I'll have. Uh, was I, I wanted to say bullet time? But it's not bullet time. Bullet <laughs> age. Bullet age. Bullet time's the Matrix. You don't want that. That's and trash. maybe we'll be talking about the graphic novel uh, for. Yes, please do that. Also, thank you, Joel Duggan of Starcrawl Still Online. I'll see you in May. Well, you you might even see me in a couple of weeks because we've got another guest booked. Uh, It's not going to be next week. We're currently still trying to fill that spot. But uh, on June 28th, we're going to be talking to Anthony Coffey. That's C-O-F-F-E-Y. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's really, really fun. And he does sculptures of his work, which I think is really unique. We've not talked to many sculptures on the store. Yeah. Uh, So that's uh, anthonycoffey.com for his work. So come back and check that out next time. And for me, just my name on social media and uh, .com, all that kind of stuff. It's an easy place to find me. And if you want to hear more about Deadpool, uh, I talked about it last night on the Citadel Cafe with my friend Lou. He loved it. I did not. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So go go listen to that. I will have to listen. Yeah. Now you got my, now my, you got my curiosity. Now I got to go find out. Matt, <laughs> how are you? Yes. Where can Best we visit? Best place you? to see my work is on YouTube. Just do a search for Oops. Matthew Ducharme or Matt the Watt. Excellent. You can follow everything I do at the Brian Dunaway on Twitter, or go to my website, BrianDunaway.com. I do things. I do other podcasts. I do. I don't know what I do. To be honest with you, I'm just really tired. You ever feel like that? <laughs> Just really tired. <laughs> go to go. Everything we do is on comicscoasttocoast.com. There's over 331 episodes of goodness all the way back uh, 11 years worth. Back when I was uh, fatter and I sounded more like this when I was on the show because all the fat was pushing, was pushing my, you know, my tongue around. It was not good. It was not good. <laughs> Uh, that's it. That's all I can think of. I support us on Patreon. We have a, a patreon.com forward slash comics C to C. If you have questions or you'd like to, uh, to interview an animator, an illustrator, a cartoonist, anybody who really creates something, animation, any type of creative arts, we'll interview them. We'll try to anyway. Uh, this, Oh, guys at comics, coast to coast.com. That's where you can send the email. That's it. We'll see you guys next week.
Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. And you wanted to edit stuff. <laughs> for for a hot minute at the end there, right. when you went, Matt, and he just went, yes. I thought yes. he was just going to leave it right there. Yep. I thought he was just like, <laughs> he wasn't going to take the cue. He was just going to like throw it back at you.